Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Listen to amazing and bizarre science injected directly into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe, and this edition will feature science for families, time travel, and the science of emotions. But first up, here's the news. April 22nd, the Lyrid Media Shower will reach its peak with the most meteorites being visible after 11.30pm in Australia and just before dawn in the Northern Hemisphere. For best viewing, you need somewhere well away from streetlights and a pair of binoculars would help. The Media Shower is visible in the northeastern sky in the constellation of Lyra, the Lyre. Lyra's main star, Vega, is one of the brightest stars in the sky. On the night, you may see anywhere from 15 to 20 meteorites per hour when your eyes are dark adapted, depending on how dark an area you're in, and how lucky we get this year. This meteor shower comes around every year at this time, when the Earth goes through the tail of Comet Thatcher, not named after the late British Prime Minister. Comet Thatcher was discovered in 1861 in New York, and follows an orbit of around 415 years. A letter from Sydney Observatory reveals that they viewed the comet in 1861 after its discovery with their then-new Equatorial Telescope, which you can still look through today. I'll be linking to some photos people have taken of the recent Lyrid Media Showers on www.diffusionradio.com. Ann Evans is an industrial chemist who listens to Diffusion from Alaska. She and her husband were visiting Sydney last week, so they dropped by the studio to talk about emotions. I began by asking Anne, what is an emotion? Well, an emotion is really just one thing suspended in another. The most common emotion is milk, and most people are familiar with that. So that would be when you see percent milk. So 4% is common. That would be full fat. That's the amount of the fat that's suspended. There's sort of globules suspended in the water. And it actually makes the water a white color. That's why milk is a white color. It's the same principle behind emulsion polymers, which are very commonly used, often referred to as latexes, so everything from common household paint But they're in very, very many things. Um, But it's really an emotion. It's just one thing suspended in another. You can do an oil and water type emotion, which is more common. You can also do a reverse emotion where it's the water that's suspended in the solvent or, or oil or other substance. A lot of foods are emulsions, aren't they? Yeah, milk being the main one, but anything that's sort of fat in water or has a percentage of it absolutely would be. And emulsion polymers. So what's a polymer? So polymers are just chains of monomers. So you take one molecule and you hook it together. You can have homopolymers, which is just the same molecule over and over again. Heteropolymers, which are various other substances, and they're probably the most useful ones. And you can use just about anything to hook together, come together, make a polymer. And then what you use as your constituent building blocks, as you use as your monomers, will 
determine the final property of the polymer. They'll determine the structure of the polymer. So you can have folding in polymers just as you do in, in bio, sort of in proteins. You're used to tertiary structure and secondary structure. You can have sort of an organization of a polymer. You can have a secondary structure based on the monomers and the, the way that they're hooked together. You can also have pendants. Um, there's grafting to polymers, so it's not just a backbone per se, so that you have other substituent groups hanging off. And they can also help to determine the final properties of whatever it is that you're making. Would paint be an yeah, emulsion polymer? Yeah, latex paint. Yeah, latex um, paint. That would absolutely be an emulsion polymer. It's one of the most common usages of it. But you can find latexes, emulsions in anything from hair gel to sunscreen to the caulk that you use to build your house. Uh, it's amazing the variety of products that emulsions are used in and latex or latices. The One of the main institutes for study is where I did my master's, so Lehigh mm -hmm. University. They have an emulsion polymer institute there. That's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and they're very focused on all the latest and greatest updates in emulsion polymerization, and they even do a class yeah. for those in industry or anyone, but it's it's sort of a, a week you can go and immerse yourself in emulsion polymerization, and it's really very good. Actually, the first the polymerization in space was a polystyrene bead uh -huh. that was prepared by uh, Mohammed Alasser, who runs the Emulsion Polymer Institute at Lehigh University. And the polystyrene beads were able to be made perfectly spherical because they didn't have the force of gravity working on them. And down here on Earth, you can't do that. But up there, they were able to make, and they were able to confirm this with electron microscopy, perfectly spherical polystyrene beads. And that was the first synthesis in space. I think that's very cool, that use of emulsion cool. polymerization. Well, Anne Evans, thank you very much. Thank you, Anne. That was Anne Evans, who travelled all the way from Alaska to talk with me about emulsions after completing the Sydney Harbour Bridge climb. Thank you, Anne. And now Ed Pollitt and I discuss time travel. So time travel's a really interesting one for writers mm. to do. It's an interesting discipline because you have to get the logic right. Yes, the paradoxes, etc. Mm. Uh, time travel is one of my favourite subjects to read about in science fiction and in science fact, if there is well, science fact. Yeah, I mean, there's only a few models, right? So either you can go back in time and it doesn't matter because everything's pre predetermined. Mm. So in, you in can't that, change anything. In that you would find somehow if you went to, say, kill your grandfather, something mm -hmm. would happen to prevent you from doing that. That's sort of a, a conservation of, of, of history argument. The chrono-projection conjecture, I think Stephen Hawking called it. Is that right? Could be. It sounds very familiar. Yes. So either you can't do it at all. You can't go back. Mm. You can only go forwards. Or you can go back and anything you do is already part of history. So you can't change things. Mm. Or you go back and try and change things and history, the universe will prevent you yes. in some way, shape or form. Or you can change things and you get paradoxes, which is illogical. It doesn't make sense because mm. that means you do things and then you don't, and then you do and then you don't. So yes. you go back and kill your grandfather before he meets your grandmother and you're never born, so you don't go back and kill him and therefore you do. Mm. Or another slightly more subtle one perhaps is where, for example, someone discovers the cure to cancer sometime in the future, comes back in time, gives it to us, and then that person then goes on to write the paper, which then provides the cure for cancer. So where, in fact, did that information originally come from? Well, that's what's called a strange loop. Mm. So you've got a logical loop. That's weird, but okay. Right. Because you haven't technically changed... Uh, yes. Well, you kind of have... Actually, no, it's not okay. If you think it through, that means that 
you have to have someone come back in time and give you the paper again. Yes. You've got an obligation. If you don't do that, it doesn't happen. In fact, I read a book recently uh, by the author Joe Haldeman called The Accidental Time Machine, where early in the book, uh, the young chap who inadvertently makes a time machine is rescued from prison due to events that occur because he invented a time machine by who he assumes is his future self. But nowhere... Oh, I, I wonder if I was about spoil, to spoil the story. Well, if it's a short story, but no. It's not a short story. No. It's, oh, a, maybe it's not, a novel. Maybe not spoiling them. Yeah. If you can talk about it without... It is an art to talk about these things without spoiling them. Mm. I will put it this way. It's never determined whether or not it is him. Yes. But interestingly enough, from the book's point of view, in the book universe, the fact did happen that he came back, that yes. someone came back. Yes and set him free from prison, enabled him to escape from prison. I've only ever seen one science fiction movie that got the logic right for its mm. time travel, because most of them are a little bit lazy. Mm. They're more about the adventure and the fun, mm. which is all great, because yeah. it makes for an enjoyable film. I agree. But they don't bother too much about the logic of the time travel. So Back to the Future, it's not logically yeah, consistent. That's just great and in fun fact, to watch. It's awesome movie. I love it, but mm. it's it, that, that part of it's missing. And in fact, I've only the only movie I've ever seen where they did it right was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No kidding. Where if you watch, particularly towards the end of the film, they use the fact that it all has to make sense right. as part of the plot to drive a series of very funny um, oh, standoffs. Yes. This is when that we... only makes sense because of the logic of the time travel is followed all the way through the story. Yes, I remember now. It's cleverly done, and no one else has managed to have the discipline to do it. And that was a. Who was the writer of that? I don't know. Oh. That's one we'd have to look up. Mm. But uh, do you think they did that on purpose? Oh yes, it's part of the story. They took no, the not knowingly. Yeah, yeah. Wrote it that way. Yeah, I think so. They, yeah. they. I mean, that's. I think that's how time travel should be written. Go Hollywood. Go Hollywood. They did it at least once, and like a story, a short story. I'd recommend to people to get again mm. the logical consequences done beautifully. Mm -hmm. Robert Heinlein wrote a story called All You Zombies. Right. And in All You Zombies, it's a time travel story, and in fact, the narration is from different different perspectives of different characters. Mm. All of whom, of course, are the same person in oh. different points in time. Have you just spoiled the book for me? Not really. It's it. a short story. Okay. And I haven't spoiled it, but basically it's just absolute genius. It's worth reading. Excellent. So there's there's a lot of lot of good stories on mm. this. And of course the other possibility well someone wrote a story about the the whole conservation of history mm. that, that things might imagine if a time travel machine is possible this is larry niven in his book the theory and practice of time travel uh -huh. fiction in his essay the theory okay. and practice of time travel i should say sure he went through all the possibilities and what the consequences are and basically the conclusion is in any universe where time travel is possible events will collude in such a way that it never happens it never gets invented oh wow and he uses this in a short story where basically time travel is possible in a universe and there's a war going on between two fantastically advanced races mm. and one of them basically says, look, I have this brilliant idea how we can destroy the other people. All we have to do is leak the information for how to build a time machine and the universe will wipe them out. Mm. And of course, that's the last thing he ever got to say. Oh, wow. Yep. 
I'm sorry, Mum, for saying wow so much, but look, those sorts of concepts really float my boat, you know. It's a lot of fun, and it's good that there's a lot of those stories around. You're listening to Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network, into Sydney on 2SCR 107.3, and over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Have you got children who are interested in science? Ed Pollitt doesn't. But he spoke to his brother Mike, who does, about taking his kids to the scientific activities for children organised by the CSRO's Double Helix Club. So Mike, you have been doing something like a science camp with your kids? Yes, well, so the kids have been uh, interested in science. I suppose, you know, having a bit of a geeky dad, you know, I always try and talk to them about science and what what are the reasons behind things that they observe and, and they seem to have developed a, a you know an interest in in science and discovery and investigation so um, we were looking at things for them to do during these school holidays and uh, which are which are just coming up to a to an end here in Victoria and we found that the CSIRO has a program for kids which they call the double helix club and that is a program that they have a number of different some uh, different um, sessions that are available for kids. Some of them are all-day sessions that run from 10 till 3, and some of them are just afternoon sessions. But they each have a a particular specialisation. So, for example, the one the kids went to this afternoon was on chemistry, but it was on uh, kitchen chemistry. So they were able to, you know, investigate things like, um, you know, how how do you make sherbet? Right. uh, How do you make sherbet, uh, well, funny you should ask it. I, I'm, I myself had no idea, and I was very interested to discover from my daughter that, in fact, uh, how it's made is you take citric acid, uh, and then you take some sodium bicarbonate, and uh, when those two react in the presence of water to pr- to create carbon dioxide. Right. It's also got other things in it like sugar crystals and and so on to make it sweet. But when you when you put it in your mouth, it it uh, reacts to produce carbon dioxide, which is the which is the fizzy, uh, bubbly kind of sensation on your tongue. Okay, yeah. and I guess they just add sugar to make it sweet or something. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's something I never knew, and they found out, and it was very interesting. And I, I thought it was it was interesting that they. You know, I think there are a lot of things that that uh, that are available for kids in the science arena that are that are sort of you know more spectacle than science. You know, so they'll you know the you, it's more sort of wow. You know, we've just seen some uh, you know uh, uh, lightning on you know some some sort of big electrical you know explosion or something like that. But but there's not in a in a kind of large environment. Um, there's often not the you know, a crowded environment. There's not the opportunity to go into it in a lot of detail, and I think that's where these um, these double helix club events are good because they have a maximum of sort of 30 kids in any one of these sessions, and uh, and and they they do seem to go into the science uh, to a certain extent. So, uh, and then yeah, they made ice cream using liquid nitrogen. So, oh. so that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, they were making that just as I arrived to pick them up, and and you know the guys, you know, the kids are all sort of in a semicircle, and and he's there with the you know the the uh, the protective gloves, and he's pouring the liquid nitrogen into right. this mixture of cream and everything that they've made, and it's flowing over onto the you know the, 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 it's gasifying and flowing onto the floor. No, I'm so. ca- I'm kind of I'm yeah. kind of picturing um, like uh, MythBusters, but for kids. Yes, 
Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, that would be an even more interesting format, but I, I definitely think that they bring the excitement of that sort of, that style of show yeah. uh, where, you know, they start with a, a couple of, you know, questions that they want answered and then they go into a lot of detail about, you know, not only what the answer is, but how to how to go about finding out the answer. And I think that's... Uh, that's you know that's even uh, even more important in terms of stimulating children's curiosity and and yeah. showing them what to do with that curiosity you know because there's uh, it's one thing to you know know how to use the internet and know that you can google the answers to questions that sure. you have but it's another one to say actually if i wanted to investigate this in a formal way um how would i how would i go about obtaining answers that were you know mm. that were ones that i'd discovered on my own the scientific method for kids perhaps yeah exactly exactly you know there there was uh, in the day long session that they did they covered um you know designing experiments uh you know um actually that the day long session they did was about physics and and it was very interesting because they um that one of the problems that they had been set was um okay we've got an egg uh and we're going to drop it off the roof of this building and we want it to um, be be recovered at the bottom um, unharmed. So okay. how are we going to do that? And and they split the kids into teams, and they all had to come up with different ways of, uh, you know, getting the egg from the roof of the building down onto the ground without uh, without it smashing. Was it was it one floor most of the building? The, it was one floor. Yeah. So it was off the off the roof of the building. So some of the kids uh, spent some time constructing parachutes you know to try and float it down and and some of them uh spent some time you know tr trying to uh you know create these um you know uh, uh rigid uh shells around you know made out they they were provided with some materials like drinking straws and so on and they they you know some of them tried to create these rigid shells and my son's team they what they did was um they used some balloons and attached it to the to the to, to a kind of uh rigid shell around the egg right uh, and their their egg was the only egg that got down undamaged yes and i i said i said where you know said to my son where do you where'd you get the idea to to put balloons all around it and he said oh that was from that time that you and i watched the um the first two mars rovers landing and they you know they had the animation of the 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 uh. enormous cra crash air balloons the the, the, the um Yep. What did they call those? I can't remember what they were, but, you know, they, they, they inflated and then it bounced and rolled along the yeah. ground for a bit before they deflated and then it... Uh, so it just goes to show you, you know, everything you, you share with kids as a parent, it, it goes in there, you know, it doesn't... And it sticks. So that's, that's that was uh, that was That was really great. So, he, so yeah, this, they, were, they were very happy that they were successful in that respect. Now, um, you sent me a video just today of a little project you were working on with with your son. Mm. Mm. Uh, tell me a little yes. bit about that. Because okay. this is uh, something that everyone, well, if they have access to certain materials, I'll let you tell the story, but if you have access to certain materials, you can very quite easily, I understand, uh, do this yourself at home if you have a child of, yes. of a certain size. Yes, yes, that's right. Look, um, so what we ended up doing was we built a hovercraft and... Uh, <laughs> This was a, this was a lesson for me in just following what your kids ask you to do through to the end because it is yes often often there'll be some sort of reason why you know kids will say can we you know go to the moon today or can we you know yeah. drive a can I can we drive the car on the 
opal or you know and the, yeah they'll say <laughs> the crazy crazy stuff and there'll always be some reason why not you know yeah but anyway this started out as something a lot less uh, less ambitious than building a hovercraft actually all i wanted to do was go down to the local electronics shop and um and uh uh uh, buy an electronic kit to try and you know get the kids interested in electronic. You know, I thought we'd build a crystal radio or something like that. Okay. And we went down there, and I was horrified to discover that my boyhood um, haunt um, mm. had, uh, which is a, a, a popular chain of electronics store that's still around today, no longer sells electronics kits of any sort. So uh, they're, right. they're now just into selling uh, TVs and stereo systems. I know and, who you're talking about, but mm, yes. Yes. However, while we were there, what? Um, uh, my both my sons um, were focused on a, a, what they found a, a remote control hovercraft, uh, which was for sale in this shop, and, that, and they were sort of fixated with it. And I wouldn't let them, you know, buy it as a toy right then and there, but they kept talking about it in the car. And and uh, and my son said, "Well, Dad, why can't we build a hovercraft?" And I thought, oh, "Here we yeah. go. Okay, that that sounds alright." I was I was imagining, you know, getting maybe an empty Kleenex box and you know putting <laughs> putting a little you know r- rubber skirt around the bottom of it or something. And he and I said, "Yeah, I guess we could do that, Will. So we can work out how to do that." And then he said, "Yeah, and then I could ride it to school." <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, okay, um, yeah." So, so then I thought, "Well, look, I'll just do a little bit of internet research." I mean, maybe who knows? I mean, maybe maybe we could. I don't know. I was I don't really know what I was thinking, but I I did a little bit of internet research. I found a website uh, which I've sent you the link on, uh, which you can uh, let your listeners know about. But sure. it was, it was. Uh, it was a, a, a website which which comes with a, a couple of YouTube videos, uh, which goes through the process of creating a, uh, a hovercraft that actually works, uh, just out of plywood, um, an old shower curtain, and a leaf blower. Wow! Uh, and and uh, and a garden chair. So that's what we did. We um, we went down to the local hardware store and we bought some plywood and uh, and we and we got a shower curtain and and a little bit of uh, rubber, and then. Um, and we have a leaf blower. Um, I'm I'm sorry to say, <laughs> so, <laughs> since I you know I am in my yeah. mid forties and ha- have a large family in the suburbs, so I think I'm a loud one. Yeah, but, um, I'll, I'll grant you that. The one. Uh, so basically, what you do is you cut the pl- cut uh, the plywood into a, a, a disc, uh, and in fact, we we used uh, two pieces of uh, ha- of uh, half inch plywood to to make it rigid. Uh, and then you um, staple the the, the uh, shower curtain to the bottom, and, and then put f- uh, a few holes in the bottom of the of the shower curtain. And then you you drill a hole, or, or you drill out a hole for the the leaf blower to go through the top of the disc, uh, and that sort of inflates the uh, shower curtain underneath, which is like a do makes a sort of donut shape and captures the air and creates an air cushion underneath it. Uh, and it, so it was a, it was a good long project. It took us um, you know a day and a half. That's um, not probably too would long. have taken somebody. Yeah, well, it would it would have taken. It's good. It's good to you know. It was probably within the 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 the, uh, the kids' um, boredom threshold. Yeah. <laughs> we you know we we made visible progress. I think that's always an important thing when you're doing a project like this. And uh, uh, and uh, and interestingly too, we, you know, we we had a failure at the end of the first day when we first tried it out. The um, the shower curtain that we bought was too thin, and so we powered it up and it ripped straight away. And. Uh, and that was interesting too, because we we had discussed this issue of whether we thought the shower curtain was going to be strong enough, uh, and so even though that was a negative result, um, we were able to learn from that. And then you know the next day, we went down to the hardware and got some you know much thicker um, uh, builder's plastic, mm. uh, which was I think a half millimeter thick, 
you know, pulled it apart, reconstructed it, put it back together again. And then, yeah, the, this morning we were making those videos. I said, you yeah. know, the kids, you know, hopping on it and zooming up and down the, the driveway. Would, would, yeah, it, would it work for fun. you if you wrote it, Mike? It did. I did have a write of it and Good it Lord. did work for me. Yes. Even yeah. adults. The, uh, the, the, yeah. So the, um, the, the key really is that the, is the, uh, the gap. But so, so it creates a cushion of air underneath the disc that you're sitting on. Uh, and and um, the version that we made um, only had a very narrow gap uh, after the after the, the leaf blower is operational. Uh, so the smoother the surface that you're riding on, the, the the less friction you're going to get because it's only about a millimeter or two millimeters off the ground. Um, and that so with me riding on it, it would only work on the on the flattest of flattest part of the driveway. But um, but yeah, for my little three-year-old son, he was, you know, <laughs> we, were, we were zooming him up and down like a hockey puck. No, but that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Do you know round about how much you spent on materials? Uh, well, I, ha I had to buy a, um, a, an, uh, a powered jigsaw, which I, I did actually have a jigsaw before, but it broke. So that, that was a, you know, $50 cost or something. But the, um, uh, if I just look at the, at the materials themselves, excluding the leaf blow, it was probably only about, um, you know, $100, maybe maybe just over $100 worth of materials. That's so fantastic. Not, not expensive. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. And, uh, and the, 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 the videos... Um, very straightforward and it, in fact it, it even comes with uh, downloadable th uh, cad uh, 3d cad models you can uh, if, if you yeah. <laughs> if you find those more helpful yeah. um I, I took one look at them and went yeah i think i know what i'm doing okay right <laughs> so, <laughs> so depending and, uh, on your level of expertise pretty much yeah, well, which i have it. none it has to be said it's uh, far more um enthusiasm than expertise but uh yeah the, the the good thing about it too is that because it's such a simple design it's quite tolerant of um of uh, minor minor errors you know like our discs weren't perfectly circular or anything like sure. that so well that sounds yeah. fantastic Look, uh, that's pretty much all we have time for, Mike. But uh, thanks heaps mm. for telling me all that. Oh, you're most welcome. Lovely. Good to talk to you, Ed. Yeah, you yeah. too, Mike. That was Ed Pollitt speaking to his brother, Mike, about the children's activities at the CSIRO's Double Helix Club. And that's all from us this time on Diffusion. Send us your feedback, your thoughts, your contributions, your opinions, your ideas, your stories to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Subscribe to our podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And subscribe to us on iTunes. Contributing to the program was Ed Pollitt, and I produced Diffusion in the studios of 2SER in Sydney. Diffusion is broadcast nationally via the community radio network. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more Science Wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Looking at the URL, the first thing that sticks out is the colon. And how about a slashing or cutting sound for the slashes? To complete the experience, we might throw in the HTTP and maybe some kind of download sound. www.diffusionradio.com Lachlan Watmore on guitar.
confusion. <laughs> <laughs>